You're listening to The Green Thumbs Up, brought to you by Miniquip Hire, WA's leading machinery hire company, supporting the Landscape Industries Association, WA. G'day landscapers, welcome to another episode of Green Thumbs Up, a podcast brought to you by Miniquip, West Australia's premier earth moving equipment hire company. Joined with me today is Ben, how are you Ben? Yeah, good thanks Josh. That's good. Now today we've got a treat. Could I say (laughs) that we've got one of the pioneering companies of drip irrigation? I wouldn't say you're wrong in saying that, yeah. (laughs) We've got here Richard from Netafim, how are you mate? Good thanks, good for Thanks for having me. Oh, not a problem. So, Richard, tell us about Netafim. Give us a brief summary of the company. Yeah, so Netafim is an Israeli company. It started in the 1950s, pioneered drip irrigation in Israel, um, in the kibbutzes, where it was very water scarce, and from there on just pioneered drip irrigation. And it's evolved into a global company um, and, yeah, developing products that grow more with less pretty much. Yeah. Very good. And what did those original drip systems look like? They were pretty basic, but revolutionary at the same time. It was, I guess it was a very different way that people started irrigating their crops and started using a lot less water, but getting great yields and results out of it. And that sort of got the ball rolling. Yeah, yeah very good. So tell us, how long has Netafim been in Australia? Netafim's been in Australia, I would say coming up to 30 years now, I would say. That's um, quite a considerable time. It is, it is, and been very involved in the agricultural space and moving and has developed into the landscape space in a big way, but started off in that agricultural area. Yeah. I find that the push for it in our industry was probably only about, what, seven years ago, eight years ago, and I mm. felt it was a water corp push. Mm. I don't know. Could I? Do you think that, that's what it was? Yeah, in the last sort of five years, it's become much bigger in landscaping mm. for sure. Before that, I didn't do it or know a lot about it. Mm. But yeah, just lately, it's just you see it all the time. Sure. Uh, I think a lot of end users, both in the ag space and in the landscape space, are becoming a lot more conscious of using their water more efficiently. And that's right down Drips Alley. The, you're just wanting to save less water or not get overspray or whatever whatever your end use is, there's all these different areas where drip works really well and that fits right into that landscape space, specifically in WA where we get overspray, we've got issues with our bores, etc. or not issues, but iron in our bores, go away from a sprinkler, let's say, to drip, you prevent that overspray and you get to use less water. So Yeah, yeah very good. Mm. And uh, do you recommend it under lawns? It's a good question. There's definitely applications where it does suit. I think the biggest thing is, upskilling the end user if you've got it under your lawns as to the maintenance that's required and getting the install right so that you actually have that success with the system yeah 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. so there is a bit of a stigma not so much in the irrigation industry because i think they're a bit more informed but Mm. in the landscaping industry i know a lot of guys even sometimes i shy away from Mm. using trip irrigation sure what is your advice to to the skeptics out there that want to see the water go on. Sure, sure. It's 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 a great question and a great comment because I think it's valid. A lot of end users and installers and contractors and landscapers want to see that water 
coming out of the sprinkler or the nozzle, what, whatever it might be. And I think with drip, it's a change in mindset in a, in a way, as opposed to having used sprinkler irrigation to now drip irrigation from an install perspective and also from setting up irrigation scheduling. So with a sprinkler, it may put on the water twice as fast as with a drip irrigation system. So it's actually understanding that you maybe need to run your, pro- your station for 40 minutes instead of 20 minutes. And a lot of the time just running the install can be perfect, but not having that run time for as long as what it needs to be can negatively impact the system. So there's smaller things so that you can do to, the, to that make the system a success. And I think a big thing is, is training in terms of what's the best way to install a drip system. And we're trying to get as, get a lot more training out there for dealers and contractors to be able to say, well, what are your questions? What are you, as you've just asked, what do you find is a, could be being done better? So being able to give a forum for contractors to say, well, actually, this is what I don't like. How can I do it better to set those systems up for success? Yeah. And how about maintenance? Maintenance is probably the biggest side of drip that you need to get, not get around, but un- understand and we've developed products to try and make that as simple as possible so automatic flush valves flushing the system is pretty crucial any build-up that may be in the drip line vacuum breakers yeah so those are sort of your main two things or your main things flushing the laterals out which can tend to i guess be neglected a little bit if there's not an automatic flush valve and that can really set the system up for success as well doing that doing that flushing of the system yeah yeah I do find with uh, drip irrigation, it, it has its place. Absolutely. Um, so I think, yeah, I think it's uh, time and place for different irrigation systems. So I started using it more on all my verge installations mm-hmm. because I find with verges, for instance, you've got more dr- drift issues mm-hmm. and you've also got vandalism issues, sure. you know, people, you know, for pop-up stayed up, you know, people just kick it over and then mm-hmm. all that water gets wasted. But yeah, I'm definitely, definitely a fan of the drip. Drip line? You've hit the nail on the head. Like drip, there's an absolutely a place for drip where it's perfect. Rectangular garden beds, spaces that with vandalism issues, etc. But you've got some really good sprinklers out there as well that do a brilliant job. So it's not drip fits every, you know, every, every application. It's, you know, you've got to decide what's best for the customer as well and what suits the application best, yeah, for sure. I am curious when it comes to turf, like me personally, mm. I'm a bit of a no-no when it comes mm. to that, mm. but... How how deep would you install the drip line when it comes to turf? Sure. So so you're looking at about 150 mil to 200 mil below the surface. It really does depend on the soil that you have, how you've prepped your soil, depending on and on the soil quality between about 30 cent, 30 to 40 centimeters between the actual drip laterals. But yeah, between that 150 to 200, you can go a bit deeper depending if if you've got higher clay content and a better soil texture because you get that water actually wicking up to the surface. You've just got to be a bit careful with our sandier soils. You don't want to go too deep with the shallow roots, root area and you just don't get that moisture. So what happens with, say, yeah. like new turf? When mm. you put new turf down, obviously your mm. roots are not going to be 150, sure. 200 down. Sure. So what would, what would you do in that sense? Oh, so what you might do is with, with setting up the turf, you may have sprinklers just to get this, the, the, the turf set and actually get those roots developed and, and, and settled. And at the same time, actually get your drip irrigation running so that you can get that moisture profile building up below the root zone. Yeah. 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 And you've got specialized drippers that can go subsurface under the soil? Correct. So it's a, it's, I don't remember exactly when it's been released, but it's, it's called, it's our XR drip line range. So it's impregnated with, a, with copper oxide. And what the copper oxide does is essentially 
prevents root intrusion or mitigates root intrusion. So it just, when those roots try and get into the dripper, there's a barrier for them getting into getting into the drip line. So it just aids with that root intrusion. And is that there. still effective if if it if the like say a cooch has really like the retic's been turned off and it's mm. really thirsty? Will it's will, will the copper still stop it then, or can the roots? It's go a, on, yeah. Don't worry about it. I'm going through the copper. Sure, it's it's a great question. It's not a silver bullet. So if plants get thirsty, they're going to go and look for the water. So the 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 copper oxide does a really good job, but you still need to be up to with you know give, giving it a drink if it's really thirsty because it is going to look for that water. So it's it just a to. maintenance thing as far as looking after the plants. And sure, sure. Um, I mean, like like anything. If it gets really thirsty and it's desperate, it's going to look for it. So yep, yeah. yep, yep, yep. it just gives you that a lot. It gives you a much better level of protection against that root intrusion. Yeah. So Richard, tell me, where has Netafim come in the world of grey water? Do you have systems for that? Drip works really well with grey water, mainly because you're not spraying your grey water into there with the sprinkler. You're applying it directly at the area where you want it to go. So with We've got our lilac or, or purple drip lines specifically for grey water and wastewater systems. And we find a lot of larger installs are using drip line now and wastewater set systems to actually get, you know, try and utilise that grey water, excuse me, that grey water a bit more. And that's pretty much just sort of like a, a bore type setup, but you're pumping out of the grey water tank? Yeah, correct. Or however that grey that water is being processed, pump filtration and then leading into your you know, you set it up as you would a normal drip system with your normal design. The drippers are the same as what you'd find in your brown drip lines that you have, your tech lines um, and, and, and other drippers that we have. It's just that colour coding to that purple as well to just indicate that it is grey water or wastewater. Yeah, yeah, right. And yeah, the only sort of negative I find with trying to install drip irrigation mm. in garden beds is if, if a customer wants to do some digging. Sure. Like, what sort of drip system do you find easiest to move around and you know dig around and sure. alter? So, depending on the size of the bed, and if you've got developed trees in that bed, it gets a bit more difficult to try and move those drip lines out the way. But let's say you've got a veggie garden that you're needing to, you know, you've you've done your season, you want to do your soil prep. If you're using miniscape or landline, for for example, a lot of the time you could. Just if you've got a collection manifold on the other side, you could lift it up and move, just drag it out the way or fold it back sort of halfway onto itself and give yourself that room to be able to dig. Another way is, is on your header line, you could, if you know you're going to be digging there, you could just put a coupling over there so that when you want to get your digging done, you just undo the coupling, take that header line collection line out of the way and then put it back in when you need, once you're done. Yeah. Yeah, very good. Mm. Oh, interesting. So tell me. Where are you guys in the space of vertical gardens? Is do, can you install drip in vertical gardens? Not necessarily drip, as in drip line. We do have smaller button drippers or PCJ or PCJ or PC drippers, pressure compensating or pressure compensating junior drippers, and off of that with a five mil poly tube, a super soft poly tube with an arrow on the with an arrow dripper on the end. And what you can do is just have that PCJ dripper at a nominal flow of one litre, two litre, four litres an hour, and off of that one dripper running a spike into your vertical garden or your pot that you've got, and then eh, and then automate it as you would a normal station with poly manifolds and eh, running into the pots. So, and, yes, definitely. And if you're running fertigation through that, mm. how do you ensure that you don't get a build-up of fertiliser salts at the bottom of your pots? Because mm. I remember uh, going to a thing and Patrick was talking about mm, that. Mm. Yeah. Great question. So there's a couple of things you can do. So... Not allowing fertigation 
well, fertigating, but allowing fresh water to run through your pots as well, or 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 your growing bags, or or whatever it might be, to actually actually try and push those salts through the soil. We've developed a product called Netbow, which is sort of our latest and greatest product, which was developed for the blueberry market, growing in bags and pots. And one of the biggest things is for that exact reason to be able to get those salts that may, or, or or fertilizer that may build up on the outside of the pot to be able to push them through that whole soil profile so it's a ring 25 centimeter ring that would sit on top of the pot and essentially wet that whole media up instead of certain areas and push those salts through yeah i think i've uh i've been given those a couple of times Mm, at mm. at different shows you've had and i I still haven't got around to using them but (laughs) are they a new product they are yeah right i think i've seen them on social media and stuff Mm, i've mm. thought about looking into them more so again it's a product that you know has been developed for that egg space that's there's a real market for it in the landscape area for people who may have just a sprayer in a pot that want to potentially not get overspray or want to just focus that water around the root zone of the of the plant yeah it's a great product fair enough so richard tell me what's on the horizon for drip irrigation in the industry are there any new Mm. technologies coming out or it's always there's always new stuff on the go i think everybody's trying to improve and see what we can do better for the industry Netbow is the one that I mentioned that's really new. We've, there's a new disc filter that's out as well, automatic disc filter, which Netafim's developed, which is making good ground called the Alpha Disc. So, yeah, I mean, it, always looking for new products, new, new things we can develop. Um, yeah. Those are the two. And yeah, that disc filter, what's that designed to take out mainly? Is it mainly sand and debris or does it? Mm, so there, you've got your varying um, filtration grades. So... 130 micron, 200 micron, and then to your larger microns as well. So anything smaller than whatever micron grade it is will get trapped in that filter, and then it's an automatic disc filter. So when it reaches a certain pressure differential, it will go into backflush. So any particles, you know, actual physical particles suspended in the water would get trapped if they're larger than that particle, that disc filtration size, yeah. Do you have anything that takes out iron and all those sort of due to those type of fuels? That yeah. was my next question. Sure, actually. sure. Yeah. It's 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 a great question. As I said earlier, you know, in WA we do have iron. Iron's a bit of a tricky one. There's there are filters out there that do it. Generally, media in conjunction with other processes involved, and we don't directly offer a solution to remove iron, but there are solutions out there that can. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And are we talking on a small residential scale, or are we talking large commercial? Smaller residential, yes. I think where it gets a bit prohibitive is maybe on the cost of getting a system set up on a residential in a residential space. But if you're serious about getting iron out of your water, I think it's a it's an avenue you'd go down. Yeah, fair enough. I mean, nowadays with all the beautiful landscapes that get put mm. in, no one wants iron on their sure on their uh, travertine paving anymore. Yeah, you used yeah. to see it on the side of walls. People didn't care so much, but mm. now it's a mm. a big thing. Rightio. Well, Ben, I'm not sure if you have any more questions for Richard. Yeah, I do actually. Go ahead. (laughs) (laughs) Keep me in the hot seat. (laughs) Yeah, so as far as like smart technologies Mm, and mm. uh, that sort of, what what are the things on the horizon as far as cutting edge smart technologies go? Mm. From a Netafin perspective, I think it's, I wouldn't say smart technologies in the landscaping space that are being released, I think it's more going back to upskilling people doing installations and getting actually people up to speed like, well, this is actually what a dripper is. This is, you know, the mechanism behind what it's doing. This is why you do, the, you know, you'd run 
this run length, et cetera, or why you'd have this component in the system. So from that perspective, I think that's where it's not new technologies, but it's sort of, I guess, trying to reintroduce technologies that's already there that people, to get them, oh, right, actually, okay, it's, you get a lot of the time that people think, oh, wow, actually, there's actually an actual emitter in the drip line. It's not just a hole punched in the drip line. To actually be able to say, well, actually, there's a lot of technology, 50, 60 years of tech that's gone into actually developing the stripper that you're using. There are a few new things that are coming out, Bluetooth controllers, Bluetooth valves that Netafim has that we're, that, that, that we're supporting now, which... So I Netafim get, produce controllers? Um, we do produce controllers, more, more suitable on the larger ag space, but... One of the products we do have is a Bluetooth, an app on your phone with the valve with the Bluetooth solenoid on it that you can set your programs up off of your phone and that solenoid then actuates off of a, off of a battery. Yeah. So that's something new that's out there, which is, which is pretty cool. Yeah, and how about plastics? Because we had a chat mm, before mm. and you mentioned that you guys have a recycling type yep. initiative in, in Netafim. Ab- absolutely. So it's a big drive that we're wanting to m- more so growers on a larger scale who have a lot of drip line that at the end of X amount of years they want to recycle it and know that it's not just going into landfill. So we do offer that facility and help so with recoiling the drip line and you know essentially facilitating that process of getting that drip line recycled and into usable pellets that can be reused down the line. Yeah. Cool. Oh well uh yeah so uh, if that's everything from yours and Josh uh I do have one last question actually. Shit. Oh okay go for it. <laughs> One thing I've found is with, um, I won't name names, but a mm. few of the irrigation shops, when I've called up for a bit of support mm. regarding drip lines specifically, they haven't been sort of been able to help me with my sure. issues that I've had. What sort of on-site support do you mm. guys offer? It's a great question and it's something that we're striving to do a lot more of is training with the, with the stores that are supporting and selling our products and trying to fill that gap I think with them as well and trying to get them upskilled and understanding the product better so they can help queries that they get like when you ring in and say well what do I need to do here how long do I need to run this lateral for how many meters do I need etc so we're trying to do a lot more of that training with the stores um, to be able to provide that better knowledge to them yeah so can people call you absolutely Anytime. Oh, great. It's, it's, what it's, was your number again? Just, uh... <laughs> it's, it's, it's the best part of the job, to be honest. And I think it's one of the greatest things about working with Netafim is we get to meet such great people and get on site. And actually, for me, I'd far rather be out in the field or, you know, working on a job than sitting behind my computer. So um, No, it's why we do what we do. <laughs> Absolutely. So, yeah, Unless we're doing a podcast. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, Richard, Excellent. look, thank you very much for your time. We appreciate sure. you coming in. No, you probably need to get back to your uh, your family. <laughs> yep. So that'll be it for today, Ben. Yeah, thanks so much, Richard. Thanks for listening. Thank you guys for having me. You've been listening to The Green Thumbs Up, brought to you by the Landscape Industries Association, WA, sponsored by Mini Quip Hire.